No, so I was, I was walking past the mirror. I was contorting my body in ways that you shouldn't be contorting, looking, and I have a fucking pimple right on my butt, like a is butt it, pimple, like, which is right there. And the closer I got to looking at it, because it was, it, I mean, it's just like this aberration. It, out of nowhere, it came. The closer I looked at it, and I can't be sure, I can't be 100% certain, I think my butt pimple has a pimple. Oh, I've got on. a double butt pimple you should kill yourself <laughs> kill yourself i would like if i may to take you on a very strange journey i would like to i would like if i may to take you Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Adam Campbell. I'm being joined by the beautiful Erin. How are you, my dear? <laughs> I don't, I didn't, I don't appreciate that hesitation. Like you weren't sure beautiful was the right adjective. Um, you know what? I'm not entirely sure it is the right <gasps> adjective. How dare. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to one-up it. All right. Um, extraordinary. Because yeah. it's not just your physical beauty that attracts people it's your delicious mushy brain as well wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> delicious right. good, to, good to hear from you too adam <laughs> that doesn't even sound like a compliment delicious no, it doesn't, mushy doesn't. brain <laughs> but it is supposed to be a compliment for those of us I'll who choose to take it as such <laughs> <laughs> such a weird fucking intro um it's great to have you the listener as well it is february 8th and we have a fantastic show for you this week we're going to start with the devil's advocate two wrongs make a right now this is an essay by anton Lavey in his collection the devil's notebook in down to the crossroads of course aaron is here we're going to be covering episode 31 what are you calling this <clears throat> men are just like streetcars or if you don't give me what i want i'll get it somewhere else <laughs> It's all about ladies doing it for themselves. Nice. I dig that. I dig that. All right, and we're going to close this out with a pre-recorded creature feature. I talked to Darren Deicide about his Back from the Dead, the Harsmus session. I cannot say that right. All right. Sessions. And Harsmus. we got a little contest about that as well. So listen hey. up here, l- l- listeners. <laughs> Do what you're doing now. For a couple more seconds. So, uh, on the 14th and on the 20th, there's two t- two more times that we're going to be releasing videos for the Harsmus. Harsmus. Oh my god, Harsmus. 
<laughs> you can't even say it. Harsimus. I just said it. Harsimus. I think the I is silent. Harsimus. The I is silent? I've I don't never know. That's how Darren said it. Anyway, it's eh. <laughs> it's the Back from the Dead sessions. Three tracks recorded in a really kick-ass cemetery. Videos made, produced, put up online. They're going to be released one a week for the next two more weeks. The last one was just this, or the first one was this last Friday. So if you see a post for that video and you share it, whether you're on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+, each time you share that post on each of those social networks for each video that's released, your name is going into a hat that can win the grand prize of a special Back from the Dead t-shirt that Darren has produced and is actually available right now on his website as we speak. Free t-shirt just for sharing. How can you not get on board with that? It's not, not a bad right. shirt either, gotta say. So, um... Present company cannot do it, Aaron. Contributors are <laughs> fucked. We're excluded? We have to buy our own. I'm going to share it anyway. I don't care. <laughs> that, that would actually be really nice. Thanks. <laughs> How altruistic of you. Um, yeah, so, I mean, really, truly, these are really great tracks by uh, a really wonderful gentleman. And I'm not just saying that because he contributes to the show. He actually is a lot of fun uh, to see perform, and uh, he's a real gentleman. So check him out if you haven't heard him already. DarrenDeeside.com. Um, okay, and so and just you know just to continue this musical note, I've been I've been working on lyrics and performance for a track for the Black House Blues. So this is all um, I don't. This is it's called I Don't Want Your Soul. Um, I've I'm going to start recording this. I'm going to, my goal here, I've got a lot of stuff to do before Valpurgis knocked this year, but my goal is to have it shot, recorded, and released as a preview for the EP that, yes, I'm still working on <laughs> to be released on Valpurgis Knock. So that's going to be my special Valpurgis Knock gift to you, the listeners. So if you want to see Mogli Mug singing, this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be your chance. And I hope it works out really well because to be quite honest, I'm a little nervous about it. Um, but it, I mean, it's been like years since I've mentioned anything to do with that project. I so know. I thought I should say something, something. We, like, we both my kids. <laughs> I bet. Oh. Like, we appreciate you not saying shit. I know. <laughs> what we appreciate. <laughs> um, okay. So you guys may hear in the background, both of my kids have friends over. And so they're running around like fucking mad dogs in my house and in my yard. So hopefully it's not too bad. Uh, I caught my kids the other day and I actually made a post on social networking about this yesterday where I just had this sort of the veil was pulled from my eyes this moment of clarity if you will uh, as a parent and there's my daughter and her two friends sitting in the front room painting each other's toenails black watching Scooby-Doo just one episode after another mm -hmm. after another. And I didn't think anything of it until I just sort of had that moment of clarity, as alcoholics call it. And I realized they're not watching Barbie. <laughs> they're, not, they're not watching some cutesy fairy thing. They're not watching like some pets playing around and dancing. They're watching a show about a bunch of teenagers like investigating monsters and <laughs> supernatural phenomena that ends up just being fucking like a local, you know, mailman or something. But like there it's, it's a dark 
cartoon. Mm-hmm. And really kind of drug-infused, but I'll put that aside for a second. <laughs> so I, I was just like, yeah, this is, I feel like I've done something good. My yeah. daughter is more into mystery and adventure than she is princesses, even though she loves to doll herself up. So like today, they're, they're, they play dress-up, and so she's dressed up as a witch, one of her Halloween costumes, and they're jumping on the trampoline and climbing the trees and, you know, flipping around like little girls do, I guess, if they're... I don't know, my girl, she's not quite a tomboy because she's super dolly. Like, she's, like, dressed up, you know? Like, does her hair and does her nails and everything. But it's, like, the coolest... I just, I feel so good about being a parent at this very moment. It'll be ruined in a week, but right now, <laughs> I'm feeling really good. Were you like that as a little girl? Did you did you dress up or were you more tomboy? I was more tomboy. Uh, it's funny you would bring this up because we I was just talking about this with a few other um, ladies uh, about how I grew up. Is that a tease? It can be. Bit of a tease right there. Who could I have been talking to? Um, dun, dun, but dun. <laughs> when I grew up, grew up, I didn't play with dolls necessarily because I, I had an older brother. So I played like I blew up my Barbies with like I. <laughs> Well, not my Barbies, but the neighbors' Barbies mm-hmm. with like his GI Joes, you know. Because I wanted, I was, a, <laughs> I was very much. I all I wanted to be was my older brother when I grew up. You know, he was such my hero. Still yeah. to this day, like he's the pinnacle of coolness. Um, so I didn't really play with dolls. I was very much a tomboy, but I did also like looking, you know, cute and stuff like that. But I, you know, it was sort of a mix of tomboy, but like. Less like a sexy tomboy? Is that yeah. a thing that you might call your daughter? <laughs> I would I mean, never call my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that was a test that you passed. <laughs> so that's you're good. A creepy. That, that's gross. <laughs> but like now, like years, like hinds- in hindsight, I would mm. maybe call myself like a sexy tomboy, like a, a very sexualized tomboy. I'm not, yeah. I'm not making this any better. No, it's starting to sound really weird. <laughs> it's really, it's, the more I talk, the worse it gets, which is very typical. I think I know exactly what you mean, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be a girl, but I wanted to play with the boys, you know? Which I was is, the exact same way. I totally dig it. I, that makes a lot of sense but that's who i am still like like still like my best friends are dudes like i don't have a lot of close female friends uh for mm. myriad reasons but um you know i think you're basically what i'm saying is your daughter's gonna be dope as shit so don't Hell worry no. about anything um you're doing great she's awesome fuck yeah yeah i appreciate that that's good stuff no that is good stuff yeah. All right. Well, um, on that high note, let's move to a little devil's advocate, you think? Let's do it. In nomine de nostris, Thomas In the name of Satan, the ruler of the earth, the king. Though I am an active member, I do not speak for the church of Satan. Two wrongs make a right. If a wrong is gotten away with, and someone else repeats it, and also gets away with it, a right is birthed into existence. The wrong becomes righter each time it succeeds. Inasmuch as victors always assume historical rights, it can't be any other way. This is not to imply that anything becomes intrinsically noble through repetition, only through successive acceptance of anything confers rectitude. There is no, su- I'm sorry. There is no such thing as moral right. There is only true right, the balance of the natural law, lex talionis versus acquired right, bestowed by popular consensus and usage, 
the rule of the game. Morality is a human invention conferred by the self-serving interests of the sensually impoverished. <laughs> that was always a weird one for me. That's, that's a weird Oh, I think closer. it's beautiful. I couldn't have said, I mean, that is poetic. Let me read that again. Morality is a human invention conferred by the self-serving interests of the sensually impoverished. <laughs> they are lacking. Yep. Um, I love this because at its core, yeah. it's speaking to uh, morality in the form of law versus the rules of the game, as it were, or created rights. Um, this is really what life is all about if you want to distill it down um, in in a societal context. And you can see this in our world right now. So I'm going to bring up um, a perfect example in my mind of two wrongs making a right. And it's much more than two. Uh, Israel. <laughs> I'm going to start with the Jews. So Israel, uh, they're breaking into Palestinian territory in... Uh, over like more than once and what it does is it sets precedent so you do it once you don't have any backlash even though it's illegal building settlements and then they do it again and now they have the the precedent of having settlements in the territory um and it's it's part of the reason why we'll never see peace i don't know that we ever should have or ever really need peace um between palestinian israelis but that's reason. I mean, that's perfect reason why. It, you do something wrong, perceived by natural law, and you don't have consequences. You've just set a precedent. And so I live my, uh, and this is going to go from a, a really serious situation like Israeli and Palestinian uh, <laughs> discord to graphic design. <laughs> but this is why it's so important to have something um, like uh, a brand identity and uh, having a guideline around that brand for design purposes, for ads, for billboards, to websites, to everything. As soon as you let a client break that rule of the brand, mm. your entire concept of the brand has shattered because they're going to say, well, you've already done it once. Let's take it a step further and go a little further off track. It's, it's really important, uh, in my opinion, that if you're going to pretend like you have laws, and fucking follow the laws. <laughs> just just follow it. Otherwise, let's just stop pretending. And and like I'm not I don't have a problem with uh y you know just on its core value of might is right because I'm a satanist. I have it, well, we can do that. But when you live in a society, that doesn't always work. And because as satanists, we have to obey the laws of the society we live in. You can't just go around punching someone off their motorcycle because you want their fucking motorcycle, no matter how badly you might want it. <laughs> it's their property. You must respect that social bond. Um, can you think of any situations where uh, two wrongs uh, have made a right, whether it's in your personal life or whether it's in a global sense? Well, um, because I used to work retail, I tend to mm. think of things in that sort of p paradigm. <laughs> yeah. So the when you were talking about Israel and Palestine, because I don't know anything about what's happening in the world today. Um, all I can do is relate that to my retail experience. <laughs> it was very, it was very important that when you made an exception for a customer, 
that you told them explicitly that you were making this exception for them just this once so that they didn't think that that was normal. You know, so if you did someone a favor, say, give me three shots of espresso instead of two. And you'd be like, okay, I just, I only charged you for the two. Don't worry about it. But you have to make sure that they know that it's an exception because otherwise they'll just show up the next day, talk to the next barista and say, I want a double latte. They'll get a triple. And then they'll be like, wait a minute, but yesterday I got a free extra mm-hmm. shot. So you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can't just give, you can't, you have to make sure that if you do break rules, that you make everyone aware that you are just this one time breaking the rules. Because if you don't, then they, then you have that two wrongs make a right. Like you just have that proliferation of bad, you know, jumping on this exponential disaster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even I, I have a really hard time with making exceptions for anyone just because it does mm-hmm. set a precedent. And, and if it, it's mm-hmm. going to happen with you, then chances are it's probably going to happen with the next person. Exactly. And it's even though you tell them no just as once, they become a vampire and just come back mm-hmm. begging and sucking the energy yeah. out of you until you're just like, oh, fuck, all right, one more time. And then you've just become their bitch. Fucking <laughs> so, ingrates, man. They yeah, don't recognize that you've just done them a huge solid. Like, just No ex- good deed goes unpunished. Right? You just be like, <laughs> thank you. I'm going to take care of you from now on. Instead, they're just like, I'm going to ruin your life because you just did me this huge favor. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it's horrible. And, and it's a paralleled with relationships uh, on an individual level. You let someone walk over you once. Okay, you better learn from that because if it happens again, it is now the norm and you are now an abused individual or you are now a sucker or once again to the prison term, you are now their bitch. Give them an inch, man. They take a fucking mile. What I really love about this is when uh, Anton LaVey was writing it, he he mentioned uh, shortly there where we after where we stopped, um, he prefers the law versus the rules of the game. Mm -hmm. And so the law is the accepted written down code of a society. The rules of the game are sort of how people work that system. system, Um, You know, two wrongs making a right, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, But he actually would prefer there not being any laws. I think that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, One is uh, the banking system and Wall Street working over a society, not getting punished for crashing uh, the market Mm-hmm. ruining like really setting us back eight years financially not being punished and now they're going to do it again <laughs> right it, no punishment equals it, without lex talionis we just let them run wild but here's the problem they can get away with it joe Schmo on the street would go to fucking jail mm-hmm. so it the rules of the game are unbalanced by weight of established authority or financial uh, superiority. Where if you're just a regular individual trying to live your life, that means that you're going to lose if we live in a world of rules of the game. That's why either Lex Talionis in the eyes of law or no rules at all. Because that way, at least everyone's playing with the same deck of cards or everyone threw their fucking cards away. 
And I kind of like that idea. Do you see any repercussions, Aaron, for having no rules and just saying, you know what, this is straight anarchy. We are just going to move forward and see what happens. This is a sort of a, a libertarian dream, I think. Oh, boy. I don't think there's any way that you can succeed with that paradigm. <laughs> there's always going to be somebody who's looking to get the leg up. There's yeah. always going to be someone smarter than you. Yeah, um, th that's kind of the. I don't th on its face, I don't, I don't see any problem with that alone. Mm -hmm. But it's it's the structure of accepted laws that allows one to work within them without fear of someone coming in and taking what they had earned or worked for. Mm. Um, so if it's I, if it's a choice between Lex Talionis law and anarchy i choose law every time oh, yeah because i have things that i want society to help me protect and that's my yeah. children and that's my family and that's my uh, accumulated wealth or possession or whatever it is um you know I, I fantasize and i actually have a lot of dreams about end of the world scenarios where if it's not like a zombie apocalypse if it's not a natural disaster that wipes out power and then mm -hmm. everything else sort of folds from there if it's not um like an alien evasion even <laughs> i've had these really i love these dreams because it puts me in a, a state of, of primal reaction but yeah. mm -hmm. inevitably in those situations as attractive as they are to me personally i lose those that i care about most and that means I have a little bit of fear there. You know, I guess, you know, for someone that <laughs> has less of a heart than me, it would it would mean <laughs> I've attached myself too much to others. But I I genuinely I, I, I willingly put myself in a place of weakness if mm. it means that I can be around my children and my wife and my close friends I, I happily put myself in that position of weakness because I think that they offset that loss uh, more, it benefit me more than, than I would otherwise just being on my own. Um, do you ever imagine yourself in these sort of end of the world scenarios? You know, I don't. And it's curious to me because now stop me if this is too much, but you grew up as a Mormon, right? Um... I, Is that well, fair to say? I grew up in a Mormon household. Okay. I, okay. I mean, I was baptized at eight, but that's when I stopped going to church. Okay. So I heard it from my family. I heard yeah, it all about. This is new to me. The I just recently sort of heard about this of it that self reliance is really, really important to Mormons, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I di I didn't know that. That is totally like foreign to me because us as I've never I don't know anything about Mormons really. Mm -hmm. Um but I just learned that that that's really like do you think that's where that comes from for you? Do you think that was sort of just in I don't want to say indoctrinated because that sort of seems demeaning to you because I know you're a smart guy. Um but that is very Ish. much a Mormon <laughs> thing, right? <laughs> uh self-reliance is I I think honestly I think we're my you know dreams and my obsession with these sort of like primal situations come from is just because I prefer to live mm. in the fight mode than I right. prefer to live in the working with the rest of society mode. Like I, not prefer, mm. I fantasize. I like mm -hmm. I, I like the thought of it, 
But then again, yeah. you know, just going back to it, I I would end up losing someone that I love dearly, and that mm-hmm. you know, because you can't, you no matter how strong you are, no matter how smart you are, no matter how fast you are, mm-hmm. just as you said, there's always someone smarter or better. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna be on the losing end yeah. at some point, and yeah. that that terrifies me to no end. Like I I genuinely think that even in a, a stable societal situation, if I lost one of my kids oh. i would lose my fucking mind yeah. <laughs> like it would be i i couldn't imagine it so mm. um i think that's where it comes from a little bit more than the, the mormon thing because they i mean they to be fair mm-hmm. there were a number of mormons that were convinced the second mm-hmm. coming was like tomorrow and they and the whole entire mormon culture is based around planning right. for the end of the world and maybe you know what? Maybe maybe that did seep into my. I never thought of this before you mentioned it. <laughs> maybe it did somehow seep into my brain holes. It my, sounds like my it. Gushy, my gushy brain. <laughs> Your gushy parts. All right. Hmm. <laughs> Hmm. Well, it just occurred to me because I, you know, I thought back on your, you know, the fact that you're real. And please stop me if I'm getting too personal, but this is all stuff we've talked about on the show. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, solar panels and growing your own tomatoes, <laughs> growing your own wine. Like, you know, you're sort of like, you want to be self sufficient. And I think that's incredibly noble. Do not misunderstand me. Like, I right, do, right. I find that really admirable, but I, it's also sort of curious. You know, I grew up in New Hampshire. So to me, like, we're all about like fuck all y'all like we don't need your rules like we're on our own so that's very familiar to me but i think to a lot of people i think that's sort of a foreign and weird idea is the fact that we can kind of we're kind of okay if you just left us alone Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and i think that uh, you know it was fascinating to me to, to realize like that you know a lot of people can't take care of themselves and wouldn't know at all what to do if all laws broke down. <laughs> yeah. But I think you'd be okay. I think I'd be all right. I might be a little eaten by zombies, but. <laughs> <laughs> With your delicious brain. I am really tasty. <laughs> so I've heard. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> Very nice. Um, I might have to. I'll tell you what. Here, I'm going to make a deal with you. Okay. I, like I will this. do everything I can to move out there if shit hits the fan, yeah. grab you and Josh, and we yeah. will go to a mountaintop, <laughs> and we will just live on the mountain if oh shit hits God. the fan. Oh, my God. I am so skilled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. That'd right. be fun. So, I mean, yeah. for if no if for no other reason, listeners... You can end up in a conversation like this. You should definitely check out this essay. It's not very long, actually. It's just like a short like one three page. four, yeah, three quarter page. Yeah. But it it does spur thought, and it's very interesting the idea that two wrongs make right because you don't. We're taught that that's not the case, mm-hmm. and again, Satanism is about having that third perspective, taking a step back and reevaluating well established ideas, and this is one of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a way that people have been gaining, gaming the system since the dawn of time. And if you're not doing it, then you're not probably practicing lesser magic in the best way that you could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, within the boundaries, man, work your skill set. Um, I think that's good. Should we? Anything else you want to touch on? No, I think we got that. All right. Well, let's kick off some down the crossroads. Holy shit! Already? Fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Ever had a question about religion but couldn't find the answer? Are you interested or skeptical about cults, magic, or ritual? My name is Witch Zaftig, 
I'm a scholar of religion and a witch in the Church of Satan. Allow me to research your questions and answer them on my nine-cent segment, Unorthodoxy with Witch Safdie. I can address anything from Scientology to aliens, Moonies to ritual magic, even the Eucharist, and of course, all things satanic. Send your questions to zaftigworks at gmail.com and tune in every month to Unorthodoxy with Witch Zaftig, only on 9centspodcast.com. Standing in the back door crying. There you will. Sure you want to stay out in this blackout? Sure is dark tonight. Thank you for the ride, sir. I think I'll be fine. See yourself. What are you doing out here? Oh, I'm headed down to the crossroads. <laughs> Wait, miss. You can't be. You're the... You're the devil. devil. But you're... You're beautiful. beautiful. Just sign here. Oh my god. Alright, so... In the theme of tonight, because what listeners don't know is that I just... <gasps> this is my... S- s- third hour of recording podcast tonight. <laughs> so popular. Uh, yeah, so I recorded, uh, I mean, this is a little tease here, but I spoke with a few women tonight who are very like Wait, say it slowly. I spoke <laughs> with a Maybe few. not. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so my theme for tonight, because you know I love a theme, uh, mm. it's about women doing it for themselves, <laughs> as I love Beyonce might it. say. <laughs> uh, for themselves. So this is this episode I'm calling Men Are Just Like Streetcars, or if you don't give me what I want, I'll get it somewhere else. And it, it is, like I said, all about women just doing it for themselves. So I'm posting the playlist on Down to the Crossroads nice. uh, Facebook page tomorrow, first thing, bright and early. So tune in for that. Tune in for that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, find the link there. We're gonna. So, are you are you guys there right now? Are you on the Down to the Crossroads Facebook page? Are you clicking on the Spotify link? Okay, <laughs> let's all hit play in three, two, one. Okay, so this first song is by Ooh. Georgia White and it's called "Was I Drunk." Um, this is all about a young lady, um, sixteen years of age, uh, <laughs> but she's coming home from a night of having some fun. Sixteen. Sixteen. She went out one night. She, you know, she's wanted to see what's going on in the world. She's 16. That's what 16-year-olds do. Mm -hmm, Or in my mm -hmm. case, 13-year-olds. But (laughs) (laughs) so this is Georgia White. Uh, She's from Chicago. She's like a pretty famous Barrel House blues singer in the 30s and early 40s. But she did these really charming, smutty songs. Uh, And this is no exception. This is all about... um, you know, <laughs> so the chorus is, was I drunk? Is he handsome? And did my mom give me hell? <laughs> so this song is basically about a, a girl. So let's Okay, she's 16. She's a girl. Or a woman. Yeah. Depends on which side of the... Well, when it was recorded, it would probably be a woman when they yeah. died at 40. I mean, people were getting married at 12 in these days. So this young lady, uh, lady who likes to go out... But she went out, she met this boy that she really liked, this youth, quote unquote mm-hmm. youth, that she really liked. Um, 
And he asked, and she said, yeah. And was he, you know, maybe she was drunk, but <laughs> Beer goggles. he was handsome. And I don't give a shit if my mom gives me hell or not. It was completely worth it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so was his ha- were his hands loose? Yeah, maybe. Was he feeling <laughs> me up? Perhaps. But you know what? <laughs> was my mom mad? Maybe. But guess what? I don't give a fuck. Because I'm getting mine. <laughs> so, Where were these 16-year-olds when I was 16? <laughs> what the not, fuck? You weren't getting any action at 16? Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Mm. I, I mean, you know, third base, but that's it. Mm. Sad. Oh, well. I don't want to. Who's yeah. sad? Yeah, that is sad. I mean, it's not that sad. 16, you know. This is funny. I was actually talking to my wife <laughs> about this yesterday night, actually. Yeah? Where I we, we were watching um Forget Paris. And there's this moment where she invited Billy Crystal up and he was like, really, are you sure? And so, you know, so they went upstairs and had sex. And I was like, wait a sec. I just had this moment again, moment of clarity here. I've been having this a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> um, it's a turning point. <laughs> that happened to me so many times and I never moved on it. Well, where women were like, do you want to see my new apartment, Adam? Come on over. I was like, yeah, sure. And, you know, that's great. And I thought they were just bragging about their new apartment. I didn't realize, now in hindsight, yeah. they wanted me to fuck them. And I never even thought about it at the time. I was so, like, all I could think of was wanting to have sex with girls. But if they were the ones to start it, I never thought about it. Yeah. Like, it didn't, I, I was like, why would girls want to have sex with me? Mm. I just want to have sex with them. So there's no way that they would ever imply that. But looking back... Every, like, I, I kick myself for thinking how yeah. many times. <clears throat> well, see, that's what men get for underestimating women. <laughs> underestimating the sexual drive of 16-year-old of girls. Because <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you, 16-year-old girls ha- are the horniest girls on the planet. <laughs> I don't know. In my case, 13. But you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Anyone listening to this podcast, (laughs) you better be thinking in hindsight. Because you're all adults now. (laughs) Age appropriate here, people. Yeah, obviously. All right. (laughs) So that was Georgia White. We didn't talk much about her, but yeah. I love this so much. I I come from a family of empowered women. Mm -hmm. And so... And I thought that was always weird. Because whenever you go in sort of the general world, as it were women weren't that way where I was raised. Like they just, they were very timid into themselves again, more in community. Um, and so I, I am madly attracted to empowered women and, and just that idea that, you know what? It may not have been a good decision. My mom will probably give me shit for this, but in the moment I wanted to do it. And I just took advantage of, of the situation and I enjoyed the hell out of it. And yes, I will do it again. Probably. <laughs> I love it because you're owning it. You're owning your own desires. You're owning your own needs. When we live in a, in a instructional abstinence only world, Mm. that's amazing to me. Like I, I truly respect that. I love that. Just be a little more responsible, but other than that, (laughs) and not for my kids, but other than that, it makes perfect sense why we stigmatize sex so much because there are such deep, you know, and, uh, and, long-lasting repercussions to yeah. um yeah. casual unprotected sex it, it is such a shame it is such a shame that sex sometimes leads to pregnancy <laughs> because otherwise <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean it really no, is true. like it's the worst thing that ever happened to sex it was like babies <laughs> because 
imagine if we could just fuck whoever we wanted, like whenever we wanted. Imagine how peaceful this world would be. Imagine how if, few like persecuted <laughs> people there would be in this world if we just were like, I don't give a fuck who you're fucking. Like, I do not give a fuck. You know, there would be no like sex scandals in the Catholic Church. Yeah. There would be no, you know, I mean, there's solved so many problems. But unfortunately, there are repercussions to um, sex. So <laughs> it's funny that that's the biggest one to you, because to me, it's STDs. There is that, too. Yes. <laughs> Like, I'm so goddamn afraid of... I, I've been fixed, so I can do whatever the fuck I want, oh, but... Well, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I, I can go... I've never even seen a Trojan in fucking forever. Oh, and but, I'm um, barren. Like, I am dry as a bone up in there, so... <laughs> I also don't care about that, but... <laughs> but I'm also clean as a whistle, somehow. I've never heard someone be so cavalier. <laughs> oh, I'm just shriveled like a prune there. <laughs> I'm only assuming that I've just but had, clean as a whistle. I've just had yeah, clean as a whistle and barren as a desert. <laughs> and if you've been tuning in the whole show, delicious. Oh yes, and tasty too. <laughs> <laughs> so holler. Um, but <laughs> oh man. But yes, uh, uh, I can only assume so because I've had so much reckless sex in my life, and yet I'm mm. still not pregnant um, yeah. and still STD free. But I don't know why. How did we get here? Why am I, I don't talking know. Let's about do the next this? One. Okay, let's hit play on this next song anyway. Huh? Yeah. All right. This is Rosa Henderson, and she's talking about how if you don't give me what I want, then I'm going to go somewhere else. This is amazing. I yeah. First of all, let me just say, I, I love these piano introductions to the yeah this is some barrel house shit right here this is what they were playing in those juke joints you know just somebody on the piano a lady just singing (laughs) this is actually really good she she brings it in slow she doesn't try to like cover the room with her voice she's just sort of easing into this story that's a really great observation actually she's got this great um very powerful voice yet it's subtle and it's full of like uh nuance and tone Mm. rosa henderson is sort of known for that bravo adam (laughs) you're learning so much (laughs) you can't see but i'm straightening my eyebrows (laughs) so you know the message of this song of course is just like if you're you know if you're not gonna give me what i want i'm gonna go somewhere else you're you're really not that hot shit and i can (laughs) You know, I mean, a dick is a dick. Like, I can get out anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> a dick is a dick is a dick, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I actually have that on my refrigerator. <laughs> I have that tattooed on my back. <laughs> a dick is a dick is a dick. So, like, whatever. <laughs> this this is going to sound weird, uh, probably to everyone. But this exact statement was delivered to my wife by my father's girlfriend. Oh, dear. Oh dear. <laughs> like if you don't give him what he wants, oh, he's gonna go. Well, it's he true. is going somewhere else. Yeah. And I was like, I was trying to be like, oh, don't don't be so crass, you know, to my wife uh, and, and to this woman. But in my head, I was just like, yes, you're right. <laughs> Someone said it, and it wasn't me, so I'm not the asshole. And it's it's a woman, so she has to listen. I'm like, yes. I mean, it goes both ways, but I mean, you're giving yourself like a traumatic brain injury from nodding so hard. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did wear a neck brace for a week and a half, but. 
<laughs> no, it, it's, it's so true, though. You, yeah. I mean, so many relationships fall apart because one person doesn't want to give it up. Yeah. It's, it's so absurd. Easy. It's so easy, ladies. Just lay there and pretend it's fine. It's what takes like two minutes, two minutes of your two minutes once once a month. Jesus. Yeah. And if you're a guy, I mean, uh, and you don't want to get up in there, just fucking do it anyway. Like they. Just if you can't get it up, on her head while she's sleeping. you've got. <laughs> She'll never know. That's not where I was going oh, with this. Oh, sorry, sorry, my bad. <laughs> I like that better though. I'm Go on, that. you were saying. <laughs> this is so good. I this is I good. love this track. Yeah, I thought you would. I might be in love with Rosa. You should I check her be. out. She's got several pseudonyms though, so oh keep, shit, keep an eye out for those. I have to. Have you ever been in a relationship where you were just like, "Come on, give it up"? What the fuck? Um, no. <laughs> oh, I've wow. always been re- with really um, sexually. Uh, well, no, yeah, no. <laughs> I always <laughs> got what I want. <laughs> nice. They never went somewhere else. Oh yeah, I, I didn't mean that they cheated no, on no, you or anything. I'm just like, have have you ever been in a situation where? They didn't want to give it up no. when you wanted it. <laughs> no. That's really cool. I date real men, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you've heard, it's wrong. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, I date only real men who get hard dicks at all times. They're all ready to go. Ready to go. Like a That's also tattooed. Off, on, off, on. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it is? Uh, I want to I, I want to examine this a little bit more if we can. Let's. What do you think it is that that makes some women? And I'm going to say women because typically, and this sort of goes against your theme, and I apologize for that. No. But typically, it's no. the woman who's refusing. Mm-hmm. What is it about? Uh, is, do you think it's again stereotypical? Is it the situations? They're not happy with the man. They're just not that into sex. Like, what do you think the the biggest common denominator is well denying men sex adam let me tell you something men are from venus and women they're from mars and that's wait what that's the big problem no um (laughs) dead air i was yeah i was i thought i lost you sorry um but yeah so no, I think that well, naturally men have higher sex drives than women. I think it's just a biological thing. And do you think th- that lesson of, of if you don't give it up, then they're going to oh, go somewhere to yeah. get it? That is do you hard, think, cold truth, women, <laughs> ladies. Right, but like are, are parents, are friends not mentioning this? Um, I guess not, no. Is this something you have to learn on your own? I never got that. That's a harsh lesson to learn. I mean, it it was never an issue for you, as we've covered, but (laughs) (laughs) for all of you women losing your men, maybe this might have something to do with it. Well, I'm Uh, Greek, so I have a very high, um, I have a high sex drive, but maybe for other women, it's like, it actually is like a, like a chore, but even if it is a chore, just okay it's a chore that you get like an allowance for <laughs> like just, you know you just do it because it doesn't yeah. cost you very much and then you just reap the rewards for years <laughs> i can't say um 
th- there is something about a woman wanting it so much that uh, can be a little bit off-putting for a dude. Oh, well, it's the desperation. That's yeah. There's a fine line between being incredibly easy mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and being desperate. Because there are some women who are just can get just get away with like I don't I'm wide open twenty four seven like neon buzzing like open <laughs> like vacancy vacancy. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. There's a fine line between like I am like primed and ticking. There's a fine line between like primed and ticking and then like desperate for sex or for mm-hmm. attention. And that's the the problem is that too many women who are like me have a high sex drive. They come across as sort of um, desperate and needy, but it isn't desperation. It's just, it's just want, you know. Yeah, recognizing <laughs> it's just what like, you want. Yeah, it's like I, I just want that. I'm not desperate for that. Do not get me wrong. I just want it really bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. What, what do we have next? Oh yes. Yeah. So uh, hit and play on Cool Grant. Oh, and Kid Wilson. So Coot Grant is the female in this situation, and Kid Wilson is her husband. Um, Coot, Coot or Cute, I'm not sure how to pronounce it because it's a sort of a derivative <laughs> of cutie. Yeah. So it's sort of, you got a, like a, a call and response. Yeah, this is uh, great. <laughs> Butterbean and Susie. I've played them before, I think. But it's another uh, husband and wife team, Cute Grant and Kid Wilson, and they're doing this song called You Can't Do That to Me. It was recorded in 1946, which is so crazy to me. Uh, <laughs> I just like that's my mom was born in 1947. Like this came out before my mom was born, uh, <laughs> and it's so dirty. Like I mean, it's not dirty the song necessarily, but they're just sort of doing this like we're a married couple. Like this is what's happening, giving each other shit. <laughs> it's so cute to me. It's so quaint. The, the images that are sort of pasted on this album cover it's showing. Um, <laughs> he looks like he's wearing blackface, a black man wearing blackface. Yeah, yeah, they did do that, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love of, this call and response. This is great. Yeah, it is. It's really fun. And they were, you know, it's sort of like, are these guys... Um, a novelty band who just happens to sort of play in the blues genre or they like a blues band that's just sort of in the novelty business, but it doesn't matter. I don't know what, whatever you want to call it. Is the rest of their work like this or is this sort of a one-off? It's very different. No, they have a ton of music. Like they are uh, both separately and then um, this uh, cute or cute Wilson, she Mm -hmm. had several different names that she recorded under like, you know five or six different names like she has a huge body of work and and she even after um her first husband died she recorded a lot of songs with her first husband and her first husband died and then she found like another blues singer husband to, to record more blues songs with so she had this sort of i mean she's got a huge body of work and so did like both her husbands um <laughs> it's just so funny this but it's so good <laughs> It's still like I don't I'm not quite sure what's happening in the song. Like a lot of the chorus is sort of like, well, I'm a woman and I'm a man. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, when it started, wasn't she saying like, you know, where were you last night or yeah. what were you doing out there? But so it's like she's saying, 
are you cheating on me? You can't do that. And he's like, no, 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 I'm a man. I'm good. I wouldn't do that. But it's more so to me, like, it's sort of they're equals. You know, she's sort of saying, like, where the fuck were you last night? And he's saying, like, well, where the fuck were you last night? Like, I I was doing what you were doing. Like, give me a, you know, you're just as fucking home wrecking as I am. Yeah. (laughs) Which is, yeah, which is why I played that song. Like, she's sort of like, where the fuck are you? And he's like, where the fuck are you? And she's like, fuck you. And he's like, fuck you. (laughs) You know, (laughs) they're very much equals in this household, even though it was 1946 and new. You know, and two black performers are sort of like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to cheat on me? I'm going to cheat on you. Yeah. It's fair game. Yep. Do you, <clears throat> what do you think about that in, in relationships? Do you do you think the, the majority of um, cheating is because they are cheating? are either tired of what's there or it's not, they're not getting what they want. Or do you think it's, it's more of like, well, I fear that you're going to cheat. So I'm going to preempt or I I think you've cheated. So I'm going to go cheat. No, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's the latter. I think it's the former. I don't think people cheat as revenge. You know, you're going to cheat. If you're going to cheat, you're going to cheat. And I think people normally cheat because they're unsatisfied, because they're insecure, you know, uh, like Prince said, like, you know, maybe you're just like my mother. She's never satisfied. Uh, (laughs) Maybe you're just like my father. I forget the rest of the song. But (laughs) the point is that, like, I don't think people cheat as retaliation. I think people cheat because they are, you know, they're lacking something in themselves no, full stop, period. They're lacking something in themselves. I was going to say, or there's something lacking in their relationship, but that's bullshit. There's something wrong with them. And this is coming from someone who has cheated in the past. I am not, oh, shit. you know, I'm not a innocent in this. And I could tell you that because, like, I cheated because I I needed some, you know, because, I, you know, I wanted that validation or you know, but if you're actually in a secure relationship and you're okay with yourself, people people don't cheat. Happy people don't cheat. I wasn't entirely sure people could be happy. No, no one's happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's why well, everyone cheats. I think that was an absolutely fantastic <laughs> down to the crossroads. Thank you so much, Aaron. You're welcome. Uh, where can the good listeners go to learn a little bit more about you online? Down to the Crossroads has their Facebook page at Down to the Crossroads. And then I'm on Twitter at ChelseaGirl19. Do yourselves a favor, people. Check out Aaron online. A lot of really good music. I mean, if hopefully what you're doing is playing these playlists. And if it's not while we're speaking to them, then just later when you have an opportunity in your car or, you know, when you're checking your email or something. Because this really is great music. But she posts a lot of other content on the Facebook page. So do yourself a favor. Go check it out. Down the Crossroads on Facebook. Uh, You will not regret it. All right. Let's do a little bit of Creature Feature with Darren Deicide and uh, close the show out. Welcome to another Creature Feature. Today I'm being joined by the one and only good friend of mine, Darren Deicide. How are you, man? 
I'm doing fabulous. I would be doing better if this beer that I'm drinking were what I expected. Have you ever had a Delirium Red? No. You know Delirium Tremens, right? I got to be honest. I don't think I do. Oh, really? Okay. It's a Belgian beer. So they have an offshoot called Delirium Red. And you as a beer drinker would understand that, Mm. that if something advertises itself as red, what would you expect it to be? I would absolutely expect it to be a red, like an amber or American, just red. Brilliant. Yes. This is not that. This is, <laughs> I don't know what this is. This tastes like when St. Ives advertises like a raspberry malt liquor. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of fuck? tasting like malt liquor or raspberry, it just tastes like raspberry shit. <laughs> That's what I'm drinking right now. So I'm, oh, I'm toughing through this delirium red right now. <laughs> I, I have had the beer where you had to fight through it. I mean, it's it's rough because I, I actually get this a lot with the seasonal seasonal beers. I, I have a I'm I'm super picky when it comes to pumpkin beers because I I make them and so I know what I'm used to versus what commercial pumpkin is. And it it sort of speaks to what you're speaking to, where you advertise it's one thing. And it's something completely different. Like it doesn't, I don't get a sense of what you're saying it's supposed to be. There should be some, especially over beer, there should be some federal organization (laughs) that like drinks everything and then actually like closes shop for the manufacturers that do not meet the advertised standard. It is infuriating to a beer drinker. I I am so ready to begin this. We could be beer czars, Adam. (laughs) <laughs> i gotta okay so I, whoever is the next president we need to tap them on the shoulder just like <laughs> hey i don't want to run the beer industry but we need some sort of standards it's like it's like uh you have the fda you have people that check and see if drugs are actually what they're supposed to be or you should we i don't know if we really actually do this is that's what this is it's just for beer it's for beer lovers beer is what makes the world goes round uh we have to make sure that as advertised is as you get yeah and, it, and there's so much beer doing uh you know brewers doing so many crazy things that mm. it, it really is just a free-for-all now people are just like yeah whatever i'll i'll throw some bull testicles in my beer let's see what happens <laughs> <laughs> it's just yes like, and that and that's not even an exaggeration do you know that beer exists no <laughs> yeah no it's it's called rocky mountain oyster beer <laughs> oh my god is that a colorado thing yep it is <laughs> oh my god that's yeah. the other thing it hit the foodie world pretty hard where you get the obscure sort of what used to be considered the poor cuts or the disgusting and like trimmed off ends. And now it's become like this big popular pinkies out ordeal whenever you consume it. If it's hitting beer, have we officially just lost our fucking minds? (laughs) We have just fucking gone crazy. It's, right, it's we, become like those those people who do food challenges, but with beer. <laughs> you know, the people who are, like, trying to eat the most insane thing, but instead they're yeah. trying to stuff it in a beer and see if you'll buy it. <laughs> this is pig anus ale <laughs> out of Ethiopia. God damn. Yeah, exactly. Brewed in Just secondary with finely smoked pig anus. <laughs> You know, some schmuck out there is looking at the bottle like, really, pig anus? 
<laughs> I like bacon. Uh, I like beer. It can't be that far off. All right. Well, surprisingly enough, I, we're actually not here to talk about beer. We're here to talk about music. <laughs> Amazing, right? It's that was happened. my ever so smooth <laughs> transition. Uh, big anus. Let's talk music. <laughs> okay. So you're... Uh, this last Friday, you just released uh, an amazing video of, well, how about you tell me? What was this video? What was the track? Uh, what did the good people in the intertubes witness? Well, this is part of a three-video series called Back from the Dead, the Harsmith Sessions. And the first video that was released is Devil Woman Blues. Which, I don't know if you noticed, at the very end in the credits, did you see that? Mm. You might have to go back and see the special thank you of inspiration from Reverend Adam Campbell. Um, <laughs> because it's true that that video wouldn't have happened if you didn't put me to task on learning Devil Got My Woman, which is this traditional song by Skip James, a brilliant blues band. Uh, um, and... Um, you know, we were working on that for a while. Hey, whatever happened to that? <laughs> it's still, I, believe it or not, it's it's on my list. <laughs> okay. I, just have, I have other things that are like more time sensitive that have bumped it down on my list, but it is happening. It is. Happening. Okay. I thought that just flew into the abyss, but <laughs> no, no, but no. like, uh, yeah, the, so playing with the song and, um, doing it really, uh, opened it into being a part of my set and mm. it's such a great dissonant minor sounding song it has it's one of the definitely one of the most interesting compelling and darker blues songs out there in in the blues traditional milieu and i thought that the cemetery would be the perfect backdrop for a song like that um so it just seemed like the 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 right song to kick it off and the whole idea uh came about when i was thinking really deeply about doing some new music videos and the idea sort of came about through talking to some people that were interested in filmmaking and me having this nice close relationship with the historic jersey city harsmith cemetery mm -hmm. And it just happened very organically. And, and it took a long time to come out for a number of reasons. Um, and one of them was I suffered a very serious injury about a year ago. That I remember that. Had me in the hospital for a while. Uh, it sort of ties into this whole back from the dead idea. <laughs> nice. Um, well, do you, I mean, can you... Do you feel comfortable touching on that? And, and, you know, was it, was it during the recovery or was it after the smoke cleared that you, you thought about that? I believe the idea was being milled around right at the time that I got into my accident and didn't had to be put on the burner, obviously, because mm -hmm. I couldn't do anything. I was just completely incapacitated. So during that time period, I was just sedated. That's really uh, all it was is I, I was just on painkillers, just laying around 
And that kind of pain is the kind of pain where you can't even do much. You can't even pursue anything intellectually, even if you're incapacitated physically, because the pain is just constant. So you can't concentrate. And so I, I literally just spent a good two months out of my mind. Damn. <laughs> and it was a very weird existence, I have to say. And the first week or two, I was on um, on uh, morphine, and that that gave me a little glimpse of what it's like to be a heroin junkie, since morphine is <laughs> a synthetic heroin. <laughs> now I understand why junkies just don't do anything with their lives and are complete losers. <laughs> there's really nothing else you can do on morphine. You just sit there and space out. And uh, but but that it, it took a while for me to recover. I had to go through physical therapy, and then I had to pick up the guitar again, which was a lot like uh, losing your voice and getting it back again. And I had to sit down with that song again. It's a pretty complex song. Oh, yeah. um, so it's one of those songs that uh, that uh, you, you, you got to keep it in your bones a little bit. But as soon as I picked up that guitar, it was right there. It, it didn't leave me at all. So somehow That's that amazing. song managed to just embed itself in my subconscious. And it took a couple months to practice it up. And the next thing I know, we're in the cemetery. <laughs> Okay, so there's there's a couple things I want to touch on there. First of all, I, I have to say I absolutely love your rendition of that song. You Thank you me. took what was a, a sort of staple blues track and <clears throat> without compromising the integrity of the song, you really did make it your own. And that's something that it sounds like it should be easy to do, but it's not. And so mad props for that. Um Thank you. But also, I mean, you played it on this really wonderful guitar, right? Yeah, that's that guitar. Actually, I'm gonna have to retire it from the live world. Oh, yeah, it's it's. See, I have three guitars that are like that, and that's a Stella. And Stella was a guitar brand that was really prominent in the turn of the century, all the way up to the, about the 1940s when Harmony bought out the company. But it has a very distinct sound, and that sound is actually kind of junky in this very appealing way. <laughs> mm -hmm, yeah. And it was the staple guitar of most bluesmen and became sort of coincidentally synonymous with the blues sound. I don't think it was anything deliberate. I really think that the reason that bluesmen attached themselves to it is because it was light and it was smaller. That's a parlor size guitar, not a regular size guitar. Mm -hmm. uh, and it also was rather cheap. And a lot of them were traveling musicians. They couldn't be burdened by a big, heavy guitar, nor were they extravagantly rich. So they, they used that as their means. And it coincidentally just became the guitar sound of, of old Delta blues. And I use that. I love collecting them because they have yeah. no worth to most people. Like it's it's amazing. All, all the Stellas I have, all three of them, came from people who were like, "Get this piece of shit out of my garage." <laughs> <You know? laughs> wow. so, so they have no idea what the worth is because to them it's just an old junky guitar. But um, 
but that guitar, I'm going to have to retire because the front of it is buckling from age. And oh, shit. Yeah, she can't really travel as well as she used to because these old guitars, they need to be constantly humidified in order for them to retain their, their normal posture. Otherwise, mm -hmm. the neck starts bending or elements of the body start cracking and she's just giving into the pressures of tour, that old lady. <laughs> well, I mean, at least it's nice you have a number of recordings with her and some video. So, I mean, it's she she has made as much as anyone uh, an opportunity of immortality with that way. Yeah, and I just recovered a new one. I'm really Hell excited yeah. about it. And it's a, it's it's a, <laughs> I love running with this innuendo. She's a blonde this time. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I heard they do it better. Uh, but uh, really rare. She's a she's a see, there was a transitional period after Harmony bought Stella when Stella became Stella Harmony, and their Stella Harmonies are much more common. But they have usually a steel reinforced neck, so they they're usually more common because of the fact that the steel reinforced neck allowed them to survive a lot of the the battering and neglect that came from people who own them. But the original Harmony, uh, the original Stellas, I mean, they didn't have the steel reinforced neck, so they're much rarer. They're also just older. They're like from the 20s and 30s. So I found a Stella that's not a Stella Harmony. And on top of that, it has a blonde finish. It's just like yellow and wood. It has like a blonde wood look to it. Wow. So... I'm really psyched about this new guitar. It's it's really rare and and it sounds really cool. Hell yeah! You gotta post some photos or something. Let us see this thing. <laughs> Maybe I will. Maybe I, I'll do it for you on Instagram. How about that? <laughs> sounds good, man. <clears throat> All right, so you you go through this traumatic experience where. Uh, Maybe even a little bit before you were thinking about this this type of a release. How, who do you talk to to set up a cemetery shoot, especially in such uh, an old and, and in a state of disrepair cemetery like the Harsmus Cemetery? Well, uh, actually, that cemetery is one that's run by... Uh, Eileen Markenstein, who is the uh, head of the mission to save it, and she sort of took the project over in 2008. And I was one of the first, I was the first, actually, <laughs> uh, to, to play there in uh, over 100 years. Um, the, That's amazing. In 1829, the cemetery was basically... A, a, stop doing uh, shows and performances and theater and magic and all these other things that it, it actually was doing for a while. It's kind of weird to think of it, but back around that time, there were uh, that place was used as like a picnic area and uh, space to do things. And, and I don't know what happened from 1829 into 2008. And Eileen would be more qualified to talk about the history there. But mm -hmm. the whole thing just went into a state of blight and was more or less abandoned. And 
I had been walking by the cemetery and I literally just had my guitar slung on my back and wanted to see this cemetery. And I ran into Eileen Markenstein and this was back in about 2008. And she was talking about how a place used to be used for music and that they're trying really hard to save it. And I threw it out there. I said, why don't we do a show? Why don't we put something together? And she she said, you know, the, actually, that's what it used to be done for at back in the 1800s. It used to be a setting for that. And I said, let's do it. And a couple months later, the first show in over 100 years was there. And now <laughs> Harsmith Cemetery is doing shows and events weekly. And wow. it was it's really an honor for me to be a part of that history and be part of the impetus to launch it back again. So Eileen is always like very nice about it and talks about how like, yeah, Darren was, was there for I think, on the ground floor and was there to help me get this going. But <laughs> Harsimus is amazing now. It's, it's really amazing. And every day those volunteers are still digging through that, six acre property trying to find pieces of history and see what's there because it has this unbelievable history behind it and to this day they're still finding things that's amazing i mean first of all the idea that the, a cemetery was a common venue for performers blows my mind i i, I really do come <laughs> from a world where it's sort of like me and my friends used to like to go and walk through the cemeteries day or night. It wouldn't matter. And it, it, that was really considered taboo and weird. So to think that it was like, oh, come on down to the cemetery and let's watch a magician. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. a trip. It's, it's weird. Uh, and I think that people who don't live in a densely urban uh, area such as Jersey City, maybe... It, what puts it into frame is that to have a six acre cemetery mm. in a place like Jersey City effectively makes it this huge green space right in the middle of this densely urban area. So th there's awesome. like wild turkeys running around there and deer <laughs> and groundhogs and snakes. And this summer they brought a herd of goats in to just sit around and, shit. And, uh, <laughs> and graze on the property so they can control the weeds. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's a very strange oasis right in the middle of Jersey city. That's amazing. Had most of the people I know, certainly the people I connect with, have always had an attraction to that cemetery aesthetic. And so it just, it makes sense for something like this to um, to happen. It's just it, the fact that it never has or I've never been exposed to it is, is really stunning. I, I'm really excited that you were the one to bring, like, bring back the performance aspect of something that, that used to be this hotbed of activity of performance and uh especially with the, this music so let's let's talk a little bit more about the music here so um you know on february 7th you just released the devil Woman blues track at the cemetery really great video i mean the production value was quite nice i was, I was really rather impressed i i don't mean that to be negative like i wasn't expecting it but i you know it was really nicely <laughs> done i did enjoy it uh but you have two others to be released right Yes, uh, there's a double. So what's next? Uh, 
Um, and the next one is going to be Dance of the Demon Rag. This is an unreleased song that's going to be on a future album that, ooh, should I spill the beans? I don't know. Uh, I no, hold it back. Hold it back until we, we have you come back. <laughs> well, I, let's just say that there's a certain person that I've been maybe working with on this new album who himself has gone solo recently. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, you're, you're like, easy there, Darren. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold it back. Hold it back. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's not blow the load. Is it, so, is it, is it going to be released relatively soon, or do we have time? Oh, it's it's definitely in the works. It's, it's okay. nowhere near being done. So let's, I like to tease the audience. Okay. All right. <laughs> so let's uh, let them know that uh, it, without giving names, it is a gentleman who's been on this particular podcast twice. So that should clue you in if uh, Darren's um, description didn't already clue you off. So <laughs> Dance with the Demon Rag. I, I mean, how long has it been since you've released a new song? Well, the last thing that I released was Bomb This Joint, which was in 2012. But the right. the last actual full-length album I put out was in 2008. So I am way overdue here. Yeah. <laughs> well, when would... Do you still have those... Tra- I, I, I still have the, the record, which is amazing, by the way. Do you have those available for people? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're still up on the site. And actually now... Uh, I have I'm, I'm, actually this is a good opportunity to put this out there. I have covers now for these seven inches, and I got one oh, yeah. with your name on it, Adam. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna maybe give it a little lipstick kiss mark on it for you. But uh, um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I have uh, album covers. Now, if you did wind up getting one and didn't get an album cover, I can send one through the mail for free. So if you're listening to this and you got a 7-inch but you didn't get an album cover, please get a hold of me at DarrenDeaside at Gmail, and I will definitely send you one. But the record is definitely still out there. Absolutely. Good. I, it, vinyl has been making such a surge in the past, I don't know, five ten years it's just been getting more and more popular and i don't know if you can thank hipsters i I don't tend to like to thank hipsters for anything but i think they may have have had a hand in this um but uh it it really does give you a and i mean this all comes down to personal preference here but i i find when you're talking about music like country or like blues vinyl is the way to go it's like the the only choice for that authentic feel for me. And so getting Darren D aside just makes sense on vinyl. And it, it was a, a really, really, both sides were really nice. I, I dug that. Thank you so um, much. So Dance of the Demon Rag, I cannot wait for that. February 14th. <laughs> so are you releasing these like February 13th at midnight or February 14th at midnight? Or, like what what's the time? When can people expect to, to tune in if they're really antsy? Yes, at the stroke of midnight. I will be right. at my computer just waiting to hit some buttons. <laughs> Hell yeah. So let's keep you off the morphine a little bit longer just so you can remember <laughs> hit the button. Yeah, so I'll just, I, it, it's, it's really hard to hit a button on morphine, man. You have no idea. <laughs> 
It just it reminds me of that scene from uh, Wolf of Wall Street where he takes the lewds, like tons of them, and it's like this delayed reaction. He's like rolling on the ground at this country club because he's on too much. That's going to be Darren. Uh. All right. Um, okay, so that's number two, but we have one more being released, right? Yes. Uh, the third one is Hudson River Hangover, which is the B-side to that album, the uh, seven-inch record. Yeah, that's uh, that song, uh, I, it, you know, not to give any spoilers, but uh, the people that I work with on the shooting of that, of all three of them, they use these cameras, and I'm sure people are going to notice when they watch videos, that they use these cameras that were macro-lensed. And so a lot of the playing, you see the almost like the individual wigglings of the strings. It's really, really focused. And, and Hudson River Hangover on that video, it, it really comes through in a very intense way because... That song is more or less just constant finger picking work. So when you see it through the macro lens, it's it's yeah. pretty stunning. I I remember, I believe you actually performed that song live on our in this show. So I that's where I was first introduced to it, and then on the the record, it's just such a good goddamn song. I, but to to the the macro lens. In Devil Woman's Blues, I believe you can actually see that. So it, it is really cool. I thought it was like an artifact of just the 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 guitar the stella itself but i mean that that's pretty amazing because it, it you could see the strings like just continually vibrating as you're picking other strings it was really kind of cool looking yeah the whole approach that i that we took to it was you know in this day and age where there's so much fabrication in music we really wanted to strike home the idea of hyper realism mm -hmm. and and really take that to the full tilt and um, that, that led us to this idea of having um, really focused shots, nothing, nothing, uh, uh, no over-the-top CGI or anything like that, yeah. no overproduction. We wanted it to be very raw and alive, and I think we, we achieved that. Absolutely. Well, <clears throat> the three tracks... Though they are quite amazing to be released for free for anyone to tune in at any time and listen to at any time, that's not all. So you're going to be doing a little uh, giveaway, a little sweepstakes here, right? Yes! I'm uh, like Ed talk. McMahon over here. You may have already <laughs> won one beautiful t-shirt. <laughs> Alright, first, first, before we tell them how to get the t-shirt, let's tell them about the t-shirt. What is this? The T-shirt, uh-oh, spoiler again. Well, <laughs> the T-shirt has uh, a quote that's going to appear in one of the videos. I'm not going to say which one, but it's an old proverb. Uh, it's a proverb that sometimes gets attributed to Benjamin Franklin, but there really is no documentation that Benjamin Franklin said this. But <laughs> the, uh, the quote is, in wine there is wisdom, in beer there is freedom. In water, there's bacteria. <laughs> so I thought it was a very appropriate thing to put on a T-shirt. Yeah. So it is It is my homage to the Lushes out there, and I hope that one proud drunk wins it. Hell yeah. I, I, I have to tell you, if, if you win this T-shirt, and we'll tell you how in just a second, 
if you win this t-shirt and you don't take a selfie or have someone take a photo of you with a drink in the t-shirt, I will personally drive to your house and kick you in the balls slash <laughs> boob. One of the two. And I will be driving the car. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I love that. I love that so much. I, I do like, I mean, just a little quick side note here. Anything that people find of relevance that they can't attribute to someone, I always been Franklin, definitely. <laughs> I know, right? Had to have been Franklin. Who else? <laughs> Especially if it's about beer, right? Yeah. Oh, even man. the most inane statement about beer, it's like, Ben Franklin. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so, so this is what we're going to do. You actually have a lot of opportunities to win this. It's not a one-chance pony here. So we've already done the first step. So if you're following us in social networks, you're already going to know this. But for those of you who haven't necessarily checked up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google Plus yet, and um, maybe aren't even active in those places, this is an opportunity to become active, at least for this one giveaway. We're going to be sharing a post not only on nine cents not only on darren diaz side's facebook page not only on agent provocateur on nine cents's facebook page and um i'm sure we can also if if you're okay with it do it on the premiere of the back from the dead the harsmason sessions harsmason sessions facebook page as well but for the next two video release announcements if you share it your name gets entered into a hat and at the end of after February 21st, when everyone's had an opportunity to share every post on all three social networks. So, and this really does come down to, you can share it on every network and you get one chance on each network to win this t-shirt. So you can end up with a ton of opportunities to win. But at the February 21st, we're going to tally all the names together, make one big long list, do a random number drawing, and whoever gets it, gets it. The more opportunities that you share it, the more chances you have to win. This is the only time you're going to get this contest. The only time that you're going to have the opportunity of connecting, sharing something as fantastic as Darren Deicide and his Harsmason session. I'm saying it wrong every time. Harsmas sessions. And getting the chance to see these fucking... You get to see the, the actual cemetery in this. It's not just, though it would be good enough, Darren's sitting there performing. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, these sort of transition scenes, which is really fantastic. So, you get amazing music. You get really great videos. And you get an opportunity to spread the word and get yourself a kick-ass t-shirt in the process. Definitely go out to social networks, share these posts, enter yourself to win, and good luck to everyone. It's going to be awesome. Uh, All right, so Darren. One more caveat here. Oh, yeah. I only have small, medium, and large shirts. So, sorry, fat people. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what you can do. If, if you do not fit into a large, cut out the part that has the statement and sew it onto a jacket or sew it onto another shirt. Yeah, that's punk rock. All right. Hell yeah. <laughs> you got to make do with what you got. And if you're, if you're pushing the seams, uh, then you should be expecting to do stuff like this anyway. So, <laughs> but try to fit in it first because there's nothing greater than a fat guy in a little suit. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> 
I'm not giving away a suit, mind you, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, Darren, it's so great to be able to talk to you. I know. We never do this. I'm always just raving on Agent Provocateur or I don't know. Yeah. Or we're talking about beer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I am continually impressed with what you're doing with Agent Provocateur. So fucking props. Mad, mad fucking props there. Oh, that's good um, because you know most. I, I I'm pretty sure the hate mail exceeds the fan mail. <laughs> 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 really depends on the subject, but yeah, it's a woo, people get really touchy about agent provocateur. Let me tell you, if you only see the things that come in the the agent provocateur mailbag, <laughs> I gotta say that's a good thing though, man. You're you're pushing buttons. That that's good. <laughs> Well, I, dig you know, it. I knew what I was getting into. It is agent provocateur. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's named as such. So, um, Okay, so yeah, I mean, you're going to be taking a bit of a break, but you do have an entire backlog of episodes available online for free. Uh, if you just go to 9centspodcast.com slash agent provocateur, you guys can tune in and catch every single agent provocateur and get pissed off and send them letters yourself <laughs> if you've missed them. Bring it on, people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can check out Darren online, darrendiaside.com. Definitely check out that uh, that that track, that record, the 7-inch, right? Yes, Bomb Digital um, 7-inch. It's right there at darrendiaside.com. It's pretty much where you can get all this stuff. Crazy good. And then, you know, if you don't win the T-shirt, you can still pick it up, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's on the website. It's under merch, and it's a cold hard ten bucks. Who's on the ten dollar bill again? That's <laughs> crazy. Know. Nobody cheap, uses to be that honest. one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ten bucks for t-shirts is pretty goddamn good deal. I'm just saying. Yeah, shipping included. God damn, man! You're not looking to make any money, <laughs> like at all. Well, you know, <laughs> let's let's put it this way. When you live next to Brooklyn and there are a bunch of, uh, you know, the scraggly hippie dudes with screen printing businesses, you can, you can <laughs> cut that, that price per shirt down pretty low. Hell yeah. That's Passing the, stuff. the savings on to the consumer. Well, we certainly do appreciate it. Um, <laughs> definitely go check out Darren Deicide's website. Check him out on Facebook and all his many endeavors. Uh, Darren, you are one of the rare gems of individuals that I absolutely adore as a man and as a performer and uh, fucking thank you so much for coming on and, and good luck with uh, the new album. And and there is nobody more fit to do nine sets. Nobody who has the stamina and the wit <laughs> and hilarity for this project. I, I can't believe the pace that you do it at. It is really awe-inspiring. Truly an inspiration, Thanks. Adam. Thanks, man. All right, man. Well, until we can chat again, hail Satan. Hail Satan. All right, people, that's going to do it for another show. I hope you enjoyed it. And we would love to hear from you. Visit website 9centspodcast.com and uh, send you correspondence. Of course, we love hearing from you. And I just had this this one note that I wanted to call out. Uh, I get a lot of correspondence from you guys. I really do love it, and I really appreciate it. Um, I got this one from a dude in Spain. So I'm not going to say your name, man, but... I, I, I love this. He was really cool in that he prefaced 
the email by saying, you know, how much he appreciates Nine Cents and, you know, sort of giving the accolades that, that one would give if they truly enjoyed the show they're listening to. And then he gave, like, his opinion <laughs> of what we discussed in that week's episode. And I love that. I, I really genuinely like hearing your guys' opinions, whether or not you agree with us. And the majority of communication I get is from people who don't quite agree with what we're saying. I think that's really important. And I think that's important to understand about Nine Cents and about the individual segments. We are not expecting you to goose step along with us <laughs> into <laughs> Poland. Oh, fucking moral or two reference. Um, we're expecting you to understand that this is not what Satanism is podcast. This is a series of Satanists' opinions about the world we're living in podcast. You will not always agree with it, and sometimes you will vehemently disagree with it. But that's what's important, is that you understand that we, as Satanists, are truly individuals. We are not expected to be heard. We are expected to have our own thoughts and this is an opportunity for you to experience a little bit of something different than what you naturally think on a day-to-day -day basis. So thank you so much for your correspondence. Let's keep it up. Info at 9centspodcast.com. Uh, and again, keep us in mind. You, you want to send suggestions of who you can talk to. I've gotten a couple of those lately. Uh, give us critiques. Correct us if we're wrong. Or just give us your general comments. We really do appreciate it. And remember, you can check us out on social media. Satanet, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and MySpace. And you're going to check out uh, weekly topics. You're going to check out contest info. You're going to see... Uh, random photos of our <laughs> lives. Well, I'll say my life because no one else has posted anything. Uh, just random random tidbits of thought, even. Uh, download the show is Monday via the RSS feed. It's found at 9centspodcast.com. We're also on LastFM, Stitcher, and YouTube. You can subscribe via iTunes by going to 9cents <laughs> and clicking on the iTunes link. And don't forget to leave a rating or comment on every single outlet you get 9cents. It is really important. And of course... We are Satanist. We are Legion. <laughs> so if you want to learn more about Satanism, churchofsatan.com is the only website that you should go to to find out. Uh, and remember that the only way we're going to continue to do this is if you continue to share. So corresponding is not enough. Share it, people. Once again, thank you for joining me. As always, I'm your host, Adam Campbell, being joined by the amazing Aaron. Hello. <laughs> Goodbye. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I didn't even let you say your own name. Hold on. Let's do that again. Uh, once again, literally, thank you for joining me. And as always, I'm your host, Adam Campbell, being joined by... Aaron. Oh, we don't get to talk enough. I know. I hope a zombie apocalypse does happen so I can go over there and please, check you guys out. Please do scum, come scoop me up if that happens. <laughs> it's going to happen. All right, until next week, people, hail Satan! Hail Satan!